Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across multiple genres talking about the one thing that we are all bound by, books. Today, I'm joined by Marianne Morea, and I'm Tina Moss, and we're going to talk about fangs and furs. So, Marianne, <laughs> can you start us off a little bit about our genre, our shared genre of paranormal romance? What is it? Why sure. do we write it? Well... I don't know about you, but I'm assuming it's you're the same in that you write it because it's it's what you love. It's what you like to read. It's the kind of where your head goes whenever you, your stories creep up in your head and characters start talking. Mine are either two-fanged or four-fanged <laughs> is, is how it goes. They either have uh, just canines at the top or top and bottom. So whether they're vampires or shifters, and I don't know, I, I tend to vacillate between wolf shifters and big cat shifters you know and i do have some dragon shifters too but for me if i when we're talking in terms of of the fanged and fabulous they have to be sexy there has to be something about them that is alluring that makes you go because of the magic that's around them but they can't just be something that's magical and cute and furry like for me you know a bunny shifter (laughs) or a badger shifter or a squirrel shifter. It's just not going to cut it. It has to be the animal that I've used for shifters has to be majestic as well as magical, but majestic and sleek and just completely shiver worthy. (laughs) So that's me. That's why I do it. Uh, Vampires are similar situation for me. They have to have that that just that uh, feel to them, you know, where it's like, they're just so, <laughs> yes, bite me, please here, insert fangs here with the drawn on your neck, like that, like that takeoff from uh, the parody of um, Twilight. Remember that movie yeah. that vampires suck? It was, <laughs> so <laughs> that movie was funny. So anyway, what about you? So I have only written one dragon shifter, but I would love to write a lot more. I find that whole aspect fascinating. I've written vampires and I've written shifters in that they can shift into any animal, but they kind of have their own favorite that they love. And I agree, they have to be sexy and appealing, a little bit bestial, but in the very dominant alpha kind of way. I do find that beta shifters, or I should say shifters with beta personalities, are a little bit more difficult to get into just because I like beta heroes but when it's a shifter you kind of expect them to be more animalistic more dominant etc yes and then vampires on the other hand I do find that vampires can be more beta in their personalities because they have that suave seductive feeling so I still prefer the alphas but I feel like you can get away with more beta vampires and you probably could beta shifters I think the Uh, The aspect of beta vampires is really um, interesting because I never thought of it that way because Mm -hmm. they're alpha in their own aspect by the, you know, by by the simple virtue of the fact that they're predators, you know, but they're maybe not so much beta as they are kind of stealth. 
You know what I mean? Mm. That they're not so out there with their alpha muscles rippling as the the skin replaces fur or fur or fur replaces skin skittering down their arms and muscles and, and, and bones, you know, crack and reform and so forth. It's such a, when it comes to shifters, it's visceral in the, like you can feel their body changing the magic, magic right to the surface. Whereas vampires, they hide in plain sight there and they stalk right in plain sight. And it's the danger, and I think, of, of what lurks in shadow that could either kill you or rock your effing world. That, <laughs> that is what's the allure. And I think that's what readers love. I mean, it's what attracted me to the genre. It's what attracted me to, I mean, I ate up every single book in the, in, in the Vampire Chronicles by, by Anne Rice. I mean, I couldn't get enough of them. And then from there, I graduated to the sexier vampires, the overtly sexy ones that were written by Sherilyn Kenyon and mm-hmm. Charlene Harris. And it's funny because Charlene Harris's True Blood were the first was the first show I actually saw where Hollywood depicted the shifters the way I expected them to be, where I the way I saw them in my head, like Alcide. I don't know if oh. you've ever seen the show. Oh, but when, I've seen Alcide. Oh, my <laughs> God. He is the epitome of the shifter that I have in my head every time I write my damn yeah. books. <laughs> so now if you remember Sam though, Sam oh, is yeah. one I would consider a little more beta. He's the the boy next door. He's the yes. best friend. Yeah, you know yep. he's he doesn't have that same I'll seed alpha allure, but but still manages to make it work. Yep, yep, he does, and I think it's because Alcide is a weir. You know, he's a werewolf, yes. whereas Sam is a shapeshifter. Right. And a lot of times, authors don't make that distinction as to, as clearly. Like mm-hmm. I don't refer to my my weirs as weirs in most of my in in some of my books I do but in some of my books it's really that they're just shifters. Can and they shift into anything or can they only shift into wolves? It depends. But I I have one character in my Curse by Blood series. His name is his name is Sean Layton and he is the alpha of the brethren and, and the alpha of the brethren is the brethren are all the different species of weir have come together to try and you know, form a cohesive community instead of having factions warring against each other or rivalries or what have you. And it's working. And they have each, and I, in my mythology, I have had each of the different species gift him with the ability to shift into any form. But he's kind of like the only one, but he's like the glue that's kind of holding them all together. The amalgamation of all of them, basically. Yes. What about you? Interesting. So my lore is that shifters can just shift into anything, but they do have their own personal favorites based upon their personalities that they feel a connection towards. So my hero does gravitate towards a wolf. My heroine does gravitate towards big cats. And there's there's other funnier shifter gravitations like ducks and, and chickens and all that. <laughs> That's for comic relief, right? Not, yeah, not, yeah. Not more, for... more of the side characters that are, yeah. <laughs> are more for that comic relief. Although I do yeah. have one that kind of likes the reptilian snake area and he is going to become a hero in what will probably be the last book of the series and and I'm thinking about making it a trilogy instead of continuing it although that's going to depend on readers but I and I've had a lot of fun with him because he's definitely a very different type of character and a different type of shifter than I've ever written before because I think a lot of our experiences in reading especially you know back in the day was that most of them even when they were called shifters were restricted to wolves 
big cats. I'm thinking of Christine Feehan, right. her, her big cats. And then I don't remember there being a lot of variety in, in shifter animals. That's true. There is That's much true. more now, but not yeah, when, yeah. you know, first started reading urban fantasy and paranormal romance. Yeah. Eve Langley has a whole bunch of different kinds of shifters. And I know Millie Tatum does as well. She's got bear shifters and, um, you know, all, bears had a moment. I feel like yeah. bears came around for a little bit. We saw yeah. a lot of bear shifters. Yeah, they did. And Eve's got badgers and moose, <laughs> you know, <and> that kind <laughs> of strange shifter kind of animals type of thing. I'm but curious if for- anybody has ever done like water animals, big whales or sharks or something. If anybody's not mermen, because that's a whole different thing. Or yeah, siren, yeah, but yeah. has truly gone into let's put shifters in the ocean. The, the closest thing I have is in my book, The Lion's Den, I have my main characters run into a selkie mm-hmm. elder um, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're kind of trespassing on their part of the beach. <laughs> but that's it. Uh, I haven't ventured into sea life other than I do have sea dragons. I have in my Lords of Alores series, which is under underwater, you know, it's like, a, you know, mm-hmm. Atlantis on crack. They are uh, basically leviathans. I don't want to say sea monsters, but more sea dragons, mm-hmm. you know, but they are leviathans. And uh, in the last book that I'm writing, the, the female is the protagonist and she's a siren um, shifter as Ooh. well. So, and he's kind of an Indiana Jones type that's going to, oh, that's going to catch the shifter gene from her. Nice. So, so in the world of vampires versus shifters, do you have a personal favorite? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say, um, I mean, I, I always thought, oh, well, since I, I have, I'm probably, e- it's probably equal the amount of shifter books and vampires that I have, but mm-hmm. vampires are my favorite. They are my go-to, nice. I have to say, they are, because they're, they're the most human-like, and they're, mm-hmm. they've got the human condition, it attaches to them, because they take forward with them the crap that happens in their li- their human life as well. And then they got to deal with all the other stuff that happens to them. At least in my world, they do. They don't, uh, there's nobody that's taking them by the hand and saying, okay, this is what you do, you know, and they, no, Maybe they're kind vampire. of, vampire. Let me yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no vampire 101 for them. It's like, okay, wake up. Oh yeah. Sun hurt. Ow. Ooh, bye. You know, that type of a thing. So what about you? You have a fave? When I was younger, I think I definitely would have said vampires because there is that allure of the darkness. There is that idea of them being more of a loner and kind of going through the world as an immortal alone. And then as I gotten older, I've gravitated more towards shifters. And I think because it's so opposite to my own experiences in terms of like a tight knit unit a family-like unit, which is very different from that vampire lone figure. Usually it's a pack and having to navigate the world inside of a pack and what is your role and how do you take care of each other. That's just very different from my own personal experiences, which is why I think I find that dynamic so interesting. And of course, there's all the whole hot alpha muscly thing. (laughs) Abs. (laughs) Yeah, you can't can't go wrong with abs. So, but there's, there's, there's appeals to both, but in a weird way, I think I understand the vampire more than I do the shifter, which is probably the opposite of most people's experience. <laughs> well, in my in, in the world I created, my vampires are now clinging to a family, family more family aspect. They they form 
covens and they stay mm. together and their progeny becomes family. So I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've built that in, but of course you always have the rogues. You always have the ones who are just so broken and that they try to be fixed and it's just have their struggles and so forth. But I kind of like it. I like the idea of absolution and redemption, the, a life spent seeking that, trying to find their place in this world. I kind of right. like that because, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a personal thing. I don't know. I mean, each reader, everybody who reads these books and, you know, and I'm talking to the readers out there, you see a little bit of yourself in everything. And I'm not just talking as a writer. I'm talking about as a reader. When you when you connect with a character, in any book, whether you're reading one of mine, one of yours, or you're reading any of the authors we mentioned, or something like Lord of the Rings, or Harry Potter, or something fantastical, there's always one character that you identify with more. And if that character is a sticky character, character that's, that stays throughout the whole book, you will read that book simply because you identify with that character. At least as a reader, that's what I do. I think that's part of the reason why cosplay has become so popular, where they have what we call self-insert OCs, original characters. It's people wanting to be so much a part of a particular world or a particular story, and to not only journey with the characters, but to be a part of that. And seeing yourself in the characters is kind of that first step in reading a book and being able to relate to the characters and to understand their experiences. People who do cosplay... I am jealous. I jealous. know. <laughs> jealous. I've, I've done it over the years in a very low-key Halloween way. Like none of, yeah, I've me done too. my own costumes, but never to the extent of a true cosplay. Oh, I have. They're, they're amazing. I, that's why I relish when I go to certain conventions when they have these themed balls. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to Literary Love this summer, first weekend in August in Savannah. And the theme this year is uh, Summerween, which is basically summertime Halloween because oh my gosh, of so COVID. Funny. We didn't, you know, COVID, a lot of people didn't get to do Halloween. You know what right. I mean? It was very low key. I, I have to go there because it's, <laughs> even, even if it's not just to meet readers and so forth, I have to go because I have to be able to dress up for the ball. What is your costume plan? I'm, I'm not really say? sure. No, I can't. I, no, I'm not really sure. It's it's witchy, but I just haven't decided whether I'm what, how I want to go, mm-hmm. whether I want to go dark or whether I want to go. Linda. No, it's going to be dark. Yeah, it's I can't be dark. Be, I okay, say. yeah, I can't be Glinda. I'm not the Glinda type. No. So. Well, that's a good segue, though. So, how do we feel about other paranormal characters outside of our vampires and shifters? We've got our fallen angels and demons. We've got our witches, psychics, selkies, sirens. We've got them all. So if you had to pick one outside of it, what are you, what are you going for? Mm, witch. <laughs> witch, 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 witch. It's not common knowledge, but I was a member of a coven for three years. Oh, so wow. So I, 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 pra- I practice and I still, I, I still do kind of, sort of do my own version of magic not that I can wiggle my nose and poof anybody anywhere that's not what I mean sure. but I do do candle magic and I do crystals and I have my tarot cards and my rune stones and so forth so when I do write about my witches and I create spells and in, in the books and so forth it's coming from a place of experience that I've done it like that's I spoke awesome. about doing a Native American sweat lodge because Wicca has appropriated a lot of the Native American mm. um, traditions. Mm-hmm. And, but it's done with respect and honor of nature and honor of realm beyond the veil. 
my experiences when I write about that are experiences that I have actually had oh, that's amazing. in that state, in that ecstatic state because of the heat and the, the chanting and so forth. Is it's, that something you even, share with your readers, either in your groups or newsletter or author's notes? Like, do they know that? I have not. Some, some people do, but you know, I always get a little weird about sharing too, too much because sure. I'm afraid that people are going to be like, oh my God, she thinks she's a witch. She's crazy. You know, no, so that's, I think that's thing, so you know? interesting. But it, I bet they would love to hear like how those experiences shape the books. Yeah, I guess so. What and about whatever you? you're any, comfortable any, sharing, of course. Yeah. So what about you, any funky experiences you bring to the, you bring to the page? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I've definitely always had a openness I would say to things of outside of our understanding I think as I've gotten older I've become more scientifically minded and sometimes it's difficult when things outside of logic or outside of our understanding kind of pop their head in and remind me like hey science can't prove any everything and you don't know everything you silly human so there's <laughs> definitely that <laughs> and I'm always open to the idea of things can happen that we just don't understand and we don't even know everything about our own bodies and our own brains. So of course, you know, oh. why should we think that we understand everything outside of that? So I no specific experiences that I could point to, but definitely an openness to the world beyond. I think a lot of people that are, that shy away from, from, accepting that there's more to it than what we see with the naked eye and we feel with our five senses are just kind of, they're afraid of it because they've been taught to be afraid of it. And readers of fantasy, readers of anything paranormal, supernatural, whether it's suspense or comedy or uh, urban fantasy or romance um, or any of the genres under under the umbrella, readers, I know, because authors are readers first, Mm because we all are, that we're drawn to it because we know that there's something out there. And some of it, some of it scares us. It does. I know that for me, when I write about demons and things like that, sometimes I feel like, oh my God, maybe I've crossed the line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, there's something that's going to attach itself to me. I got to be really careful with things like that because I truly believe that. I don't believe in, I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in Satan because I know from my, my own witchy training and my own witchy background that it's really just a a judeo-christian appropriation of the green man the horned god you know but i do believe that there is evil out there 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 are evil entities sometimes when you're writing evil characters and you're writing evil about evil it 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 can get to you okay did i cross a line here i call something to myself did i just screw the pooch when it comes to the universe (laughs) right so (laughs) no at least at least that's me i'm a little cleansing did you ever have a reader contact you to tell you that they that they that your book one of your books scared them enough that they had to get up and lock the front door yes yes <laughs> I, I have, have had that <laughs> yep like what are you doing so, first of all I am a huge huge horror fan I love horror movies and I think it's partly because like the idea of again things beyond our world being horrific and scaring me like I want to be able to see it I want to be able to face it the scariest horror movies to me are the ones where you never see what's coming you never see you know the killer or whoever the the evil is I like I want it to be in front of me I don't want it to be the unknown the unknown I think is the most frightening part but I think all readers who you're talking about over that big overarching genre of you know fantastical things deep down we have to have some kind of belief in it otherwise why would we be interested in reading about it 
if it's all right. just not really there. There's right. there's got to be a little nugget of belief in everybody, I think. Of course there is. Of course there has to be. Hence, hence fanged and fur. No? <laughs> <laughs> Although I had to say, I have to say, I was in a clubhouse chat recently. And there was one of, one of the gals was talking about uh, she was really upset how Amazon had smacked down her book because of uh, a little too spicy, mm. but that they allow shapeshifters and that's bestiality. Oh, and I was like, um, oh, no, no, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> so wrong. So wrong. absolutely not. <laughs> Just because you're dual nature doesn't mean that you're an animal. I mean, and I have never read nor have I, do I know of any author that writes any kind of shifter, whether they're bunnies or majestic wolves and, and big cats or dragons that ever has their characters engage in any kind of intimate activity in their animal form. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've I never think the ever most seen that. I've ever seen is like some type of you know, half form where they're mostly human or like the significant parts are human and then maybe they have extra fur or extra fangs or something like that. But, the, but there's yeah. no full werewolf human interactions going on. Ew. Ew. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow. And that's no. not, and, and also that's not allowed. Like, I don't know any of the yeah, of course it is. who would be like, yeah, bestiality, go for it. No, that, that's not how, no. not uh-uh. how romance no rolls. <laughs> That is not how romance rolls. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing is like, it, for, for me, is like during a claiming scene mm-hmm. when your their mate is being claimed that they have, they have their fangs descend because they have to bite the back of their neck to claim their mate. Mm-hmm. But that's it, <laughs> you right. know? So, I mean, and I'm diving into sci-fi romance and we definitely are, are tapping our toes on some interesting alien anatomy, but still they're all humanoid form. Humanoid. <laughs> going on so i guess she was upset yeah i think she was what was she trying to get through the retail sites just out of curiosity i i I don't know i have no idea for all i know it was a bigfoot romance for all i know but i mean we did have kissing the coronavirus so i guess that's pushing the boundaries but i think that's more satire than romance yeah, I have no idea. And I wasn't going to get into it with her because I was just like, okay, to each his own. Absolutely. Right? absolutely. Okay, readers out there, let's take a poll. <laughs> Shifters, <laughs> yes or no? There you go. Human yeah. form or not? <laughs> oh, gosh. But look, I mean, there is something about Beauty and the Beast and the Beast in his, his Beast form. He is very pretty. And the Prince form is kind of a little, you know lackluster but even that i think is uh pushing pushing the envelope of what we consider to be romance yeah i've danced around the room holding my dog in my arms <laughs> that's about just like like bell and the beast dance around that huge ballroom but that's about it <laughs> were you wearing a yellow dress at the time <laughs> no i wasn't oh see missing out no i wasn't you need the full yeah. cosplay now <laughs> i know i know i one of these days i will actually com- convince my somebody to go with me to cosplay you know oh I will gosh. so I, I worked I worked New York Comic Con at Sherilyn oh. Canyon's booth and the cosplay that comes by is absolutely incredible incredible, yeah. incredible the, the the level of artistry that you see that parades past you I mean I was my mouth was just a, a gape the whole time absolutely. the whole time so, and I've got the pictures to prove it. <laughs> so. so you mentioned Sherilyn Kenyon and a few other authors who inspired you. Is there any in the genre, either from way back when or ones that you read now that you would say are like 
the pinnacle of paranormal romance or paranormal know. women's fiction, we could say, because you're jumping into that. I have to say, uh, I picked up this book and I haven't started it yet. N.K. Jemsen, A uh, Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So, and she is supposed to be amazing, but it's high fantasy. Okay. So this is something that I'm actually going to read next and jumping into high fantasy. And um, I do but- think a lot of high fantasy has paranormal romance feels to it or there's certain crossovers when I think of Karen Marie Moaning with her fae there's certain fae that appear in paranormal romance or urban fantasy that also appear in high fantasy Mm -hmm. Um, and just for those readers out there if you don't know high fantasy is fantasy that takes place in a completely different world from ours usually if there's a map in the beginning that's a clue that it's high fantasy whereas paranormal romance urban fantasy and low fantasy will all take place in our world and to varying degrees so urban fantasy is obviously the city paranormal romance is more based on romance and the fantasy plot and low fantasy is like urban fantasy, but not in a city setting. I think that's the easiest way right. to explain all those. Right. So, but they definitely have crossovers of creatures, fantastical creatures, Faye being the one that comes to mind that mixes the most. You also mentioned Selkie before. So when we're talking about Selkie, Sirens, Faye, can you tell us a little bit about the differences between those? A selkie is a, it's a seal creature, a seal. When it, it, when it comes on shore, it can shed its skin. And the mythology behind it is that when it, when it sheds its skin, if you capture a selkie skin, then the, then the selkie belongs to you and it'll stay in human form until it finds its skin again. And then it can join its, its, its pod in the sea. The best movie that I've ever seen about that is The Secret of Rowan Inish. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's an older movie and it it takes place in Ireland. And it's a a story about a a family who came from the island of seals and that that their history is that there's selkie blood in their veins. It's an amazing, it's a great movie. I love it. That's what I know a selkie to be. Have you heard it to be different? You'll describe it as being different. No, I, that's pretty much what I've heard as well. The, the Selkie's pelt is essentially what can allow you to control it. And from my understanding yes. with, so a lot of people confuse that with mermaids or with sirens. And my understanding mm-hmm. with those is that sirens are from Greek mythology that were essentially yes. calling wayward sailors to their shore to and, and uh, taking yes. ships under the water. But I don't know what yes. their actual form is. What, do you know if it was like a humanoid form with sirens? If they looked human? I don't remember. Well, their voice is, their voice is what's alluring. And then right. when they, 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 had a, they had the form of a beautiful woman. And then once, this, once the, the sailors were in the sea, then they turned into these like, like you know. monsters, right? Like sea monster creatures. Yeah. yeah. yeah I feel like the, the Little Mermaid, you know, the classic Disney-esque tale is based on kind of sirens slash mermaids with, with them yeah. originally being two different creatures. But yes, yes. One. I mean, mermaids it depends. I mean, some, some of the different mythology is that they're not these beautiful women and men under the water, you know, women with their shell bra, you know, shell <laughs> brassiers on and they, you know, the beautiful flowing hair and so forth. I mean, if you look at the way that they were portrayed in Harry Potter, they're not, mm. you know, they're, they're, they've got fangs and, you know, sharp teeth and, and the same thing in, in Peter Pan, the mermaids are not beautiful. They're, they're vicious. They're so it depends on how you want it to be. I mean, I, I, I'm writing a book called the Sirens Mate right now. 
and she's kind of a cross. She's a cross between it. She's she's a, a, a making her kind of a true siren, but her 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 nasty creature esque shifter visage is going to be tempered because she's going to be she's going to fall for it. The person that she lures instead of killing him, she's going to keep him. So. <laughs> And which one do you have a title for that book? Yes, yeah, so it's called *The Siren's Mate*, the Siren's and it's the Mate. third, the third, the third book in the Lords of Alorus theory series. Um, awesome. Where because the first book is her cap, her captive dragon. The second book is a menage. It's taming their tail fins, and this is *The Siren's <laughs> Mate*. So it's all water, Atlantis, Alorus themed. Yeah, so, so you do have some more water-like creatures in there. Awesome. Yeah, but not fish. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, no ship you know. fisher, uh, shifters. No fish shifters. Oh my God, try to say that three no. times fast. <laughs> I know, right? 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 What about Faye? Tell me about Faye. Faye is such an interesting category because everyone I've seen does it differently, right? So there is this overarching branch of Faye creatures, which can include your typical fairy, include brownies, goblins, and a whole variety of other creatures. Yes. The most common thing I've seen is the two court systems of Faye, the Sealy and Unsealy courts. Now, if you Correct. ask me to explain them, I have no idea how to explain them, but that is <laughs> what I've seen the most common. I don't, thing for Faye. But what I find interesting about Faye is that there is no like one defining way to, to say, like you were able to describe Selkie very clearly and give us a clear picture of what a Selkie is. If I said, what is a Faye? It can be everything from like, you know, little dragonfly type wings, like a, a Tinkerbell type character to really vicious demon-esque monster so I don't know if we have a one conclusive fae definition no well because there's so many different varieties of them and the thing is is that uh supposedly the fae are descended from the Tuatha de Dinan there's they're like an alien race and that that there was a compact between the human world and the fae world that compact has to be upheld and wow. uh, yeah, that's one mythology. The other is that they are, again, an, a superior race, but they're, they're human-esque. There's a lot of different, like you said, there's brownies, there's goblins, there's hobgoblins, there's uh, banshees, there's the slua, which is like they're like uh, trolls and ugly, you know, like there's just not the, not the pretty fae. <laughs> they're right. the, they're the, the, the lower level fae and so forth. And it's so complex. So just, funny, uh, I did layered. not know about this whole idea of them being an alien, but because I'm diving into sci-fi romance, I'm also writing a serialized paranormal reverse harem that came about from my readers on TikTok wanting this particular story. And I decided to make the character Faye, but since I wanted to tie it into sci-fi romance, I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll make the Faye an alien an alien race and I had no idea of the history of Faye being an alien race that yeah, that's is so wild that's <laughs> one take on this that they are an alien that they are an alien superior race that's and wild. that they you know that they're yeah and okay. fairy is their realm and right. that the one of the other things is that if you you know, one you spend one day in fairy it's the equivalent of a year here but so in our land of fangs and fur and fae now <laughs> 
Yes, our lands of <laughs> friends and fur and fae. I've learned, I'm, I'm studying more about this because I'm writing a, a serialized story in Vela called Leap of Fae. So I'm building a world based on what I've, what I've researched so far, That's but awesome. you have to get it right because there are people who are really, they're, they're, they're fey enthusiasts. I don't know. A fit, yeah. That they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll nail you if you get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. why I figured I'm just going to go straight alien fey completely new. You've never seen this type before because I, getting into that research uh, might be a little too much for a serialized story. But that's probably yeah. a good place to, to thank our readers for listening to our podcast. And Marianne, tell them where they can find all of your books, all of your stories. Where can they find you? Right now, you can find everything of mine on Amazon. Most of it is on Kindle Unlimited, or you can find all my other stuff on uh, my website, which is www.mariannemaria.com. Yeah. And I'd love, uh, you know, email me if you're listening to our, this pod- podcast and you want to talk more about fangs and fur and or fae or witches or anything, what's your favorite, what you want to see, what you've seen too much of, what you want to see more of, email me. I always love to hear from, from readers. So, I mean, we do this for you. Absolutely. Tina, what about you? How can they find you in your books? Um, you can find me at www.tinamoss.com and across all of my social media platforms, I am at author. Tina Moss. And yes, like Marianne said, I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you to talk more about all things paranormal or just books in general. So thank you so yes. much for listening. And I hope you'll join us next Monday for a new episode of the Owl Bible.